You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. We are, of course, presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker. Most of you know that. Former NFL offensive lineman. Now I do college games, NFL games for CBS, as well as Westwood One on the radio side, including Monday night's game this past week. Bills and Broncos, that was a doozy. You can check me out on social media. Appreciate those of you that do. At Ross Tucker NFL, pretty much any platform you're on. At Ross Tucker Pod, every platform except for TikTok. You can always check us out on video as well, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I highly encourage the YouTube subscription. Uh, it's free, as well as the at Ross Tucker Pod on social media. Because then you get what we deem to be the two or three best social media clips from each show that we post. And I'm typically taking notes as Joe says something particularly interesting or noteworthy or whatever. Very rare, by the way, that we have breaking news right as we're recording the show. But we'll get to that because that's the third game on our docket as the Cleveland Browns host the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Joe I speak of is, of course, Joe Dolan, number one ranked fantasy analyst on the planet over the last 10 years, at FG underscore Dolan on social. He's one of the owners over at FantasyPoints.com, which is a veritable smorgasbord. Is there any other type of smorgasbord other than a veritable one? Smorgasbord of information. FantasyPoints.com, you got to use the code 23FISTO. That's how you get the discount. That's the key. 23 Feast, fantasypoints.com. Joe, let's get some fantasy points for this Ravens-Bengals game on Thursday night. So it's obviously a huge game, Ross. I mean, the Bengals, I thought they're, I might have mentioned on this show, uh, I do 100 shows, but uh, it might have been on this one where I looked at the way Joe Burrow was playing over the past month, and I'm saying to myself, man, they might be the best team in the AFC. And then all of a sudden, they come out, they lose this game last week to Houston. Trey Hendrickson goes down, obviously, which could be a concern if he misses time. And T. Higgins is now going to be out again on a short week against Baltimore, uh, which is a pissed-off Baltimore team coming off a loss to Cleveland, which certainly we will get to later. Um, and it's going to be a fascinating game because, first and foremost, you have to look at some of the injuries here. The Ravens' offensive line is banged up. Morgan Moses has been banged up. Ronnie Stanley, what else is new, gets banged up. Um, the Bengals will not have T. Higgins, but the Ravens also might not have Marlon Humphrey, uh, who is dealing with, it looks like a calf strain. It looked like it could have been worse than that. Um, but the, they get some relative good news, but you would think Jamar Chase is going to have an opportunity to produce some numbers here without T Higgins in this game. On the flip side, when going to the Ravens, um, Keaton Mitchell, he had two explosive plays in the first half of over 30 yards, including a touchdown run. He gets one second half carry. I don't know how that happens. 
But this is what John Harbaugh said. This is per Jeff Zribiak of The Athletic. Harbaugh said that Keaton Mitchell's lack of usage is a legitimate question. He said, looking back on it, Mitchell should have been more involved, attributed it to coaching staff still learning to trust a young player and what he's healthy enough to do slash handle. Uh, Let me tell you something. He's healthy enough to do more for you because they needed him involved in the second half, and he just simply wasn't. The Ravens, up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, blow the game to an injured Deshaun Watson. Gus Edwards is, the only thing Gus Edwards is at this point is a goal line back. They need to get Keaton Mitchell more involved in Baltimore. Wow, it's a really good point, Joe. I didn't even know that about the lack of touches for I him. was wondering if he was hurt because he came into the game with a hamstring injury, so I was wondering, did he tweak it? Are they trying to protect him? No talk of that after the game. Every week, as you know, Joe, for the Thursday night game, I pick a stud and value play for DraftKings, which is where I like to be always. Uh, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase because I don't believe that Marlon Humphrey's going to play, and I don't. And we know T. Higgins isn't going to play. Mm-hmm. That means throw the ball to Jamar Chase. He's my stud at $8,700 on DraftKings. And then my value play is, in fact, the aforementioned Keaton Mitchell, 4800 He is awesome. They need to give him the ball. And, Joe, this is why people need to listen or watch the College Draft Podcast. Emory Hunt was all over him two summers ago. Not last summer in, in preseason, two summers ago while he was still at East Carolina. Emory was raving about this guy. Who are you raving about, Joe, as the Cowboys go to Carolina to take on the Panthers? You know, the Cowboys, th- this is kind of amazing. Like, like you play who's in front of you, but man, do they get to feast on some bad offenses. They've played the Giants twice. Now they go to play Carolina, who is in just complete disarray. Frank Reich it is it has the sound and the look of a coach who's going to be one and done. Uh, obviously, we know how David Tepper is completely impatient. Um, look, last week, Chuba Hubbard at this point, he's taken over this backfield, but what does that mean? Last week, he, Raheem Blackshear, and Miles Sanders combined for 25 yards on 13 carries. I don't know how one could possibly be feel good about any of those guys, uh, with the 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 Panthers ten and a half point underdogs, the only Panther I think is viable in a decent fantasy lineup right now, unless you are dying for somebody who's just going to get carries like Chuba Hubbard will, is Adam Thielen. And Bryce Young is going to be under siege from Dallas. Dallas feasts on bad offenses. We saw it last week against Tommy DeVito. Bryce Young is better than Tommy DeVito. But the stats haven't been a ton better than Tommy DeVito. So it, it, it's Adam Thielen or bust for the Carolina Panthers who are in a world of hurt. Boy, that's scary. His stats aren't even better than Tommy DeVito's. I, I mean, they're, right. they're better than Tommy DeVito's. But, like, functionally, they're going to look the same this weekend, right? I mean, like, Dallas just eating up in the backfield. What about Dallas offensively? Cooks had his best game. CeeDee Lamb's on a roll. But your your guy Tony Pollard, Joe, Mister Mister Expected Fantasy Points again. Like, you know, look, Dallas won that game forty nine to seventeen. Okay, like nobody's going to come out of that game saying, "Well, Mike McCarthy should have done this." But like, you know, Tony Pollard's got to be feeling the squeeze right now. You know, the I, I saw it with 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 the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago when they played the Eagles. You know, Tony Pollard had a fifteen yard run, and I saw a Cowboys beat writer on Twitter say, "Hey, look." 
That's one he would have gone for 50 last year. And they're talking about how they can't run the ball. And they're talking about how Tony Pollard can't get in the end zone. Do you think maybe Mike McCarthy, instead of calling the cutesy play action pass to Jake Ferguson at the goal line for one yard, you could just let Tony Pollard punch it in after Tony Pollard got you down there? Look, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say at this point. Tony Pollard, despite Dallas being kind of exactly what we expected as a football team, good defense, you know, obviously a team that's going to beat up on bad teams, and, and Dak Prescott, a solid quarterback, Tony Pollard has been the biggest disappointment in all of fantasy football this year, and I can't get around it. Look, this is another game in which Tony Pollard should thrive. The Cowboys are 10.5-point favorites. Um, I, I don't know how you sit somebody who's getting 15-plus carries on a team that's a 10.5-point favorite, but Tony Pollard is just defying all expectations and continues to be the single most disappointing player in all of fantasy football. I have to continue to think because I'm you know, there, there's math involved here and probabilities. The, the type of running back that Tony Pollard is on the type of team Dallas is, he's going to eventually score fantasy points, but we're in Week 11. And it hasn't happened. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. I feel like you have to continue plugging away. But this is uh, this has been bad for Tony Pollard as the Cowboys and Dak Prescott have evolved into a pass-heavy team. Dak Prescott uh, has played extremely well recently. And over the last four weeks, he's completed 72% of his throws for 9.7 yards per attempt with a 12 touchdown to two interception ratio. Dallas is going to continue to be pass-heavy uh, whether or not they're 10.5 point favorites or not. Which is so funny because it's the exact opposite of what Mike McCarthy said yep. when they moved on from Kellen Moore. I want to run the ball and rust my defense, and that's not what it's been. Uh, Deshaun Watson's going to get plenty of rest, Joe. Mm-hmm. Like, lots of it. Steelers play the Browns. The news just came out. Watson, season-ending shoulder injury for what apparently is a new shoulder injury that he apparently was perfect 14 for 14, yeah, 14 in the second 14. half after he suffered this in the first half. So um, here is the, the the player that we need to focus on. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has played five games this year in which Deshaun Watson started and played the majority of the game. In those games, Cooper averages 14.8 half PPR fantasy points per game to just 7.5 half PPR fantasy points per game in the games that Watson didn't play or barely played. That's the difference between Ross being the wide receiver 9 for the full season and the wide receiver 59 for the full season. Um, even with even his historically bad home road splits, he was able to break through those with Deshaun Watson at quarterback uh, with 89 or more yards in all of his road games with Deshaun Watson. Obviously, that gets blown completely up with P.J. Walker in the lineup. And look, Deshaun Watson has played what? 11 games with the Cleveland Browns. Most of them were not very good, but he just played, I think, inarguably his best half of football with Cleveland, and he did it with a high ankle sprain and a broken shoulder. And now Cleveland is sitting at 6-3, and three, great defense, and a bad quarterback in P.J. Walker. And look, they, obviously they didn't make a move at the deadline because they thought Watson was going to be ready, and he was, and then now he's hurt again. Um, it's not good for Cleveland. And I think... 
They're going to probably lean on the run game. Jerome Ford will continue to be their inside the 20, in-between in the 20s kind of guy, while Kareem Hunt is their inside the 20 guy. This is a massive downgrade for the entire offense, and I don't even think Deshaun Watson was playing that well. He was 14 uh, of of 14 in the second half, but he was 6 of what? 6 of 21 in the first half of that game with the pick six. So he had one good half of football in the second half, but that's a better half of football than you can ever anticipate P.J. Walker playing at this point. What about the Steelers, Joe? So the Steelers have figured out how to run the football. And they're going absolutely nuts. And, you know, I think you saw, you, you know DJ Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, you know you know how good he is at his job. He commented how Broderick Jones is just out there mauling people, the first-round pick. Um, the Steelers have posted season highs in rushing yards in back-to-back games against the Titans and Packers, 166 and then 205. Najee Harris over those last two weeks, 152, 151 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Jalen Warren, 181, 89 yards and one touchdown over the past two weeks. They get a brutal matchup against the Browns, but the backs have a great schedule down the stretch. As it stands right now, both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are number two viable fantasy running backs as the Mike Tomlin's playing the way he wants. He, he doesn't trust Kenny Pickett right now. And unfortunately for Deontay Johnson, that meant just one catch last week. But this is a team that is running the football. The insertion of the first-round pick, Broderick Jones, into the starting lineup has completely fixed that run game and has given the Steelers an offensive identity that they've lacked all season. Before we get to the Bears and the Lions, Joe, I just want people to know the best way to get tickets for any event could be this game in Detroit, the Game Time app. They have the game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, they credit you 110% of the difference. I don't understand the technology where they can show you the vantage point from every seat that's available, but they can. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code FEAST for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. And redeem code F-E-A-S-T for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Joe, Bears at the Lions. Uh, just Looks like Justin Fields is going to be back. You know, Tyson Bajan, I thought, for, look, a second, uh, uh, a D2 UDFA out of Shepard, PSAC shout out. Um, he acquitted himself perfectly. The Tyson, Ross, how... This is this is the NFL and how unpredictable it is. We know the Chicago Bears stink, right? They're not good. They're not good with Justin Fields. They're not good without Justin Fields. How much how much money would would uh, I have to would you have been willing to put on me telling you that through ten weeks of the twenty twenty three NFL season, Tyson Bagent would have more wins than Bryce Young? Yeah. Can you even imagine? With Bryce Young not being hurt, by the way. Uh and so, they played head to head. Yeah, exactly. So Tyson Bajan beats him head to head. Just unbelievable how unpredictable this stuff is. Um, So the Bears, though, I expect they're going to continue to run the football, and I expect they're going to continue to run it with Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman must be the worst practice back of all time because teams cut him, you know, they make him an uh, an inactive, and then you put him in the lineup, and Deontay Foreman, all he does is produce. The Bears actually have been opening 1.76 yards before contact per rush attempt over the last five weeks per fantasy points data that's fifth best in the nfl so their offensive line is actually doing a good job blocking and for the majority of that time 
The Bears didn't even have Justin Fields in the lineup to help that run game. Of course, a mobile quarterback helps open holes, and they haven't even had him. So I expect Deontay Foreman, even if Khalil Herbert is going to be back this week, to continue to be the lead back for the Chicago Bears this week against the Detroit Lions. And with Justin Fields, you know, coming off the thumb injury, how how rusty is he going to be? How uh, how much is that grip going to be affected? I expect. The run game is going to be very important, while also Justin Fields does help unlock the downfield passing game for D.J. Moore. All right, Joe, what about Detroit on the other side? Detroit is just, they're a machine right now. And they're one of those fantasy teams that I like to call narrow. The only question I have, first and foremost, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. One One of the things I kept pounding home this offseason on this podcast was the Lions had two top 20 fantasy running backs last year, and they replaced them both. And you could say, if you're a running backs don't matter person, you're, you're going to be like, all right, that was kind of a useless move. Well, they got better. David Montgomery, and last week, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs kind of played opposite. David Montgomery had a 75-yard touchdown run, while Jameer Gibbs had the two one-yard touchdown runs. What I'm seeing right here, Ross, is two running backs who need to be in your lineup because this is a running back-centric offense. The one guy who might have taken a hit because Gibbs and Montgomery are so... By the way, Gibbs and Montgomery, 26 combined rush attempts in a game with 79 combined points. So the, the Lions are more than willing to give the ball to their backs in a game where there is a lot of... Uh, of points scored. I don't know if that's going to be this game. But the guy who might have taken a hit, a guy who was a weekly starter at the tight end position was Sam Laporta. There was only one ball to go around, and I know he was really important on the final drive in that win against the Chargers, but Sam Laporta had just four catches for 40 yards. I wonder if he is the guy who has taken the hit with both Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs healthy now. Ooh, okay. What about the Chargers at the Packers? I thought that was maybe Herbert's best game of the year, Joe. Yeah, Herbert's best game of the year while the Chargers' defense was... What does what does Brandon Staley do? If you're a defensive-minded head coach, dude, your defense better be good, and it's continually awful. And look, I understand why people get frustrated with how, with how the media or you and I talk about Justin Herbert. I understand that. Eventually, you got to win playoff games. you gotta, you got to get to the playoffs. Um, but Justin Herbert was excellent against the Lions, um, and it didn't matter because the defense couldn't stop anybody. So now you go to this game, and you're looking at the fact that, all right, something's got to give here because, once again, Jordan Love throwing interceptions from a clean pocket. You know, there were some good things Jordan Love did against the Steelers, but I never once felt like that they were going to punch it in at the end of that game. It just didn't feel like it was in the cards. And here's the problem for Green Bay. Let's start there. Aaron Jones, after coming back to the lineup and maybe unlocking something, 2.7 yards per carry. Christian Watson, it just is not happening. Drops. Jordan Love missing him. Two for 23. The best receiver on the Packers right now for fantasy is Jaden Reed, the rookie out of Michigan State. He's the guy, it seems like, has the best chemistry right now with Jordan Love, and he might be the best route runner of their group. So Jaden Reed is probably the best option. But look, if I have A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, and even if I have Christian Watson, who's been disappointing, how can I look at what this Charger defense has done this year and not start these guys? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Love, despite his struggles, and perhaps because of his struggles, is a popular DFS quarterback because people might be like, look, 
I don't know how many people are going to want to play him because he's throwing picks every game, but this Charger defense is terrible. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Love ends up, uh, of, of the Sharps, a, a relatively contrarian but semi-popular DFS play this week because this Charger defense can't stop anybody. Chargers on offense, Joe? The Chargers on offense right now, Ross, are Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, and Keenan Allen, and we have to watch Keenan Allen's status because of the shoulder injury. I think he'll play because he came back into that game and obviously scored two touchdowns against the Lions, but keep an eye on that. Uh, Quentin Johnston, if you need him, all he can run are like shallow crosses and drags right now, but he scored a touchdown, and Justin Herbert's on a heater, so I wouldn't be surprised if Quentin Johnston continues to produce a little bit. If you're feeling good about your fantasy draft picks but not sure what to eat, make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad while your food and drinks are on the way. Yeah, that means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, and so much more delivered straight to your door. But if you really want to take things to the next level, Joe, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's talk Cardinals at Texans. I'm I'm actually really excited about this game. Well, I'm excited about it because C.J. Stroud continues to be incredible, and I would think C.J. Stroud this week has a pretty easy matchup against this uh, against this defense, against this Cardinal defense. And look, the one thing that we've been waiting for, though, for C.J. Stroud, can the Texans find somebody? Who can run the football? I hope you didn't drop Devin Singletary after his week nine stinker because he came out and had 30 carries for 150 yards against the Bengals last week. So Devin Singletary, I think, is now going to take over that backfield for the Texans, and I think he's a viable running back too. And now the other thing for the Texans that I have to wonder, in just yet another unpredictability of the 2023 NFL season, These are the wide receivers, Ross, who have back-to-back games of 150 or more receiving yards this year. CeeDee Lamb, okay, you know, makes sense. Tyreek Hill, for sure. Justin Jefferson, even though he's been hurt, he did it in weeks one and two. Yeah, of course, Justin Jefferson. And Noah Brown! Those are your four. Noah Brown goes for 172 against the the, the Bengals last week. He is somebody who very clearly C.J. Stroud trusts. He's a train after the catch. And even with Nico Collins out of that game, 
Robert Woods had just one catch for 15 yards, and he, and he got called for an illegal touching in the back of the end zone, which nullified a touchdown. So I think Robert Woods has been completely wally-pipped here. Even if Nico Collins cannot play, I think Noah Brown is ahead of him. And if Nico Collins can play, I think the three wide receivers for the Texans, and all of them are fantasy viable at this point, are Nico Collins, Tank Dell, and Noah Brown. I don't know how I could sit Noah Brown after what I've seen him do with C.J. Stroud the last two weeks. Kyler Murray looked pretty good out there, Joe. Yeah, he did. You know, there was – and the thing was, his he had a miscommunication with Trey McBride that led to an interception. Kyler Murray talked about it after the game. And he said, look, this is just something we haven't been practicing. Um, we, need to, we haven't had reps. McBride's a young player. He's a second-year player. This was Kyler Murray's first game in, in the Drew Petzing uh, offense. So, obviously, this was something that they need to work their reps through. But I still think it's incredibly encouraging that Trey McBride had eight catches for 131 yards in Kyler Murray's first game. Kyler Murray throws for 249. More than half of that yardage goes to Trey McBride. Great news. Kyler Murray's a borderline QB1. The fact that he ran was certainly important uh, for him. And then you have Trey McBride, who has been one of the best tight ends in all of fantasy football over the past a few weeks after Zach Ertz went on IR. I don't know why it took Zach Ertz going on IR for, for Trey McBride to end up with this Kelsey in volume, but certainly this is a talented player who needs to continue to be in fantasy lineups going forward. And just one thing briefly, James Conner, uh, in their Week 10 win over the Falcons, back from a four-week absence, 63% of the snaps, and he handled 16 of the 19 opportunities for the uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. He's back to being their bell cow running back. Titans-Jags quick, Joe. Titans offense, I thought that was a big step back. Yeah, and look, it was going to happen for Will Levis. He just did not have a good game. Um, and the Jags, look, I still think you have to play DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry, and I even used Ty J Spears in a league where I needed a quick flex, but it was not a good offensive performance for the Titans. Meanwhile, the Jags, I know now everybody's asking what's going on with Trevor Lawrence. And the fact of the matter is Ross, he hasn't produced big numbers and he had a terrible game against the 49ers. Um, Calvin Ridley, I think is miscast as the X. And now with the, with Zay Jones, who's both injured and got arrested uh, on a, I believe a misdemeanor domestic battery charge. I don't know if he's going to come out and be able to help them. In going forward, given his situation both physically and legally, this was a really bad game for the Jaguars. One episode down, one more to go. You guys know this is the show that's so nice. We do it twice every week so you can set your fantasy lineups. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. He's at FG underscore Dolan. Make sure you're subscribing so you get Thursday's episode number two. I'm stuffed. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. (laughs) 